Oh, actually, I have a I have a story. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty on brand for like our podcast. So I had to take Riot in to get neutered. <laughs> of course, same. So I'm very regular in terms of my poop <laughs> schedule. So I yeah. So I wake up in the morning. I walk my dog riot Mm. i eat my breakfast and i have a cup of coffee nice and then 15 to 20 minutes after that i poop you're not going to get into that (laughs) it happens every morning i eat the same thing for breakfast every single morning two poached eggs toast and bacon and turkey bacon because i don't like got it i don't like regular bacon tell me more about that we can i know we don't have to get into it (laughs) we don't have time i've got a story to tell so anyways Riot, um, I couldn't get, because everybody has adopted a dog in the last six months, mm-hmm. so I had to find a vet that could get him in, and there were none in the entire Twin Cities metro area, <laughs> so I had to drive down to Mankato, which for those who don't live in Minnesota, it's like about- That's a long a, drive. If you're lucky, it's about an hour and a half drive. I think um, I see so where this is going. <laughs> Yeah, you know where this is going. Uh, my appointment um, for Riot, because I was taking him to a new vet, because obviously our vet is not in Mankato, he had to have a consultation before he had the surgery, same day. So he was there all day long, poor little man, which meant that I had to get him there at 7.15 a.m., which meant that I woke up at oh, 5.30, God. hated it. And I was, I'm not about to cook my regular breakfast at 5.30, so I got Starbucks, Now, there's only one thing that makes me poop more than my regular breakfast, and it's an irregular breakfast. (laughs) So I have my Starbucks, I have my little coffee, I have my little sandwich, and I'm driving down to Mankato, and I really, I was lucky. I got, I I was maybe about 15 to 10 minutes away from the vet when the urge struck, and I had to poop. so bad it was the kind where you're like oh my god there's some trees over there it was like no i truly i was like panicked it was like i was literally in a state of fight or flight but like i couldn't run from my own body so like i had to make the decision because i arrived at the vet and i had to poop i was like i i don't know what to do i was like do i force my way in and make them let me use their restroom but i was like no it's covid i can't be that person i can't destroy the local vet's restroom in the middle of a pandemic like that's not okay so i had to then be like do i want to call them and let them know that i'm here so they can come get riot and then i can go to a restroom and just hope that i can hold it or do i want to just go to the fucking bathroom at a gas station right now and like let riot sit in the car my child my literal child in the car alone (laughs) and risk being late to his vet appointment God, I thought I was going to die. At one point, I was literally sitting in the back of the veterinarian parking lot, and I was, like, crying, like, tears down my... my, I was just, like... And and then a woman walked out and saw me, and I was like, please don't try to comfort me. I'm just going to have to tell you that I literally am going to poop. Like, (laughs) you can't come near me. Thankfully, she minded her own business. And, you know... It was a happy ending. Oh, thank it God. was a happy ending. I managed to squeeze it back inside of me for long enough to get, to get, to get this is the happy ending. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to get Riot into the vet. And then I did have to call my mom and be like, don't meet me at the vet. Don't you come to the vet. I'm not there. I'm not at the vet anymore because my mom was going to come meet me at the vet. And I was like, I'm not fucking there. Don't come. Go to the quick trip because I'm having a shit in that bathroom right now. Um <laughs> 
But it was a happy ending. You know, I held it. I held it. I did. I made it. That was riveting. Y'all were right. I uh, Before we started recording, I said that I feel like I've been invited to the cool kids table. This is the weird kids table. And I'm <laughs> yeah, not, this is mad, the weird about kids I'm table. not mad about it. I told you. You know, we had, I think... Maybe one of the the half dozen negative reviews yeah. we've ever gotten. We we got one recently that was like they talk too much about their poop. Yep. <laughs> it was like I guess if you're into that type of lowbrow humor, that lowbrow humor. Literally, I think it's been too long since we've talked about our poop. Like it's been a while since we had yeah. a poop related opening. I think it's time. No, we gotta be regular. Yeah, we gotta be regular. It's important. Well, we have to dump it all now. We have to dump it now. We've been holding it in too long. Did they? Give you a two-star rating. Yeah, they did. They have a rating system. Let's um, let's play some D and D. I am Kat, and I am your DM. Oh, Kat, is it my turn? Yes, it is always your turn after me. Every <laughs> I know. single I time. Know. I said it this time just to make you mad. <laughs> Hello, my name is Caitlin. I'm a devil, and I play Corbin. Ooh. Hello, people of the world. It's me, Hannah. I play Slake, a half-orc fighter. Uh, oh, that's it's me now. Uh, Andrew, I'm Andrew. And I am the DM or danger mom of Chasm Quest. Go to chasmquest.com and find out more. Yay! Check us out. We've got, we're working on our third season and uh, it's a lot of fun, just action adventure. Um, There are some piratey adventures, one of which featuring your own DM or Dames's DM, Kat. And uh, that was a lot of fun, so... Yeah, it was a fun time. Um, well, welcome, Andrew. Uh, I guess we should get started. So last time you guys arrived in the city of Heroes Gate and you saw a cool street magician and just just instantly fell in love. Um, and then that cool street magician was like, hey, bros, maybe you can prevent me from uh, local Torva worshippers uh, completing uh, human sacrifice and resurrecting Torva, which seemed good. Didn't explain why this local street musician knew about this sacrifice, but like, that's, it's a story for another time. So, um, you infiltrated the Temple of Torva, you met Phelan's mom, she seemed a little weird, and you broke in, you stole some stuff, you defeated Torva's champion, who was going to be sacrificed to him, and then you got the hell out of that city. And that's where we are now. Got it. Took me a full five seconds to understand what the hell you just said. Well, <laughs> hell out of this city. Yeah. <laughs> I got real Southern there. You got real Southern. But all right. So let's let's get into it. Uh, you are now in the last leg of your journey, heading west. The city of Heroes Gate is behind you, though the building threat of Torva's army remains. According to your map, there isn't much between you and the Great Crater now. As the days pass, the landscape shifts to arid plains, which stretch into the distance without end. The vegetation is sparse and low, and there are strange short trees with thick trunks and waxy leaves, which are not good for eating or tea making, as you find out. I'm sure I try. At night, you have perfect views of the multitude of stars above you. 
how how are you guys doing? We haven't checked in on your mental health for a while. You've hmm. you've had some times. You've had some adventures. You've met some folks. Corbin's probably like at that point where like you've rented your first apartment and you're kind of just realizing like do I have the ability to survive on my own in the world? But like you're not a hundred percent sure, and you feel like it could be ripped from your hands at any moment. He's like in that that kind of limbo zone where you're like not okay, but like you're like afraid to say that maybe you can be okay. You know what I mean? Where you're like, am I? Can I make? You know, like <laughs> yeah, poor Corbin. Yeah, that's Corbin. That's where Corbin's that's Corbin. at right now. How's Slake doing? I think Slake is. Really in a kind of Pepe Sylvia mood. We've met all these people who clearly like know more than they're letting on. And and the fact that they like know about Fran in particular. I think Slake is feeling maybe optimistic though, because I think the fact that all these people have somehow known about Fran and we're getting closer and closer to where we need to be. I guess, yeah, I, I guess... All things considered, been worse. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. All right. So um, it's night and the two of you are camped off the side of the road. Burger Jerger has found a perch in one of those small trees and it's all tucked into her feathers, keeping a watch, even though her eyes droop closed every few seconds. That sleepy bird. What are you guys doing? Corbin's also doing the sleepy bird bl- blink. Aw. I think Slake is writing in their notebook about the people that we've met and kind of trying to, like, draw connections. Do you have some colored yarn? (laughs) Corbin also offers Slake his notebook that he's been keeping for cross-referencing, but Slake, when you open it up, it is just, like, drawings of animals and there's no words written down. Oh, thanks, Corbin. This, uh, this really helps. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I have some good, there's some good info in there. I just... I love that every time you've said, like, Corbin is taking notes. <laughs> He's just drawing illustrations. He knows He knows what they mean. He remembers. It's um, it's like a, a mind palace sort, yes. of, sort of association. Is it just like a set of hieroglyphs that are all just crows in various positions? Yeah, yeah, various positions. different crows doing different things. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I don't... I don't even know if Corbin knows how to write. He may, and he may not, and you'll never know, Kat. Oh, they could be varieties of little, like, uh, crow's feet stamps. Like Dinotopia. Yes. (laughs) Just like Dinotopia. (laughs) Okay, so just as the two of you are starting to relax, you feel a faint by vibration. That's what happens when a bunch of bi people get together. <laughs> oh, a vibration. Makes sense. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Uh, so you are just starting to get comfortable when you feel a faint vibration through the ground beneath your bedrolls. Your horses shift and stomp their feet, their ears flicking back and forth as they look around, agitated by something. The vibration grows stronger until the ground is quaking beneath you. Burger Jurger takes off with a squawk as the tree she was nesting in falls over, the shallow roots unable to hold up against the heaving of the earth. Then there's a low boom and the earth grows very still. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, what, what was that? We're falling out of the sky again? Is there more land beneath this? <laughs> What do you, uh, what do you do? Cat, are there cracks in the ground? Um, 
Yeah, there are there are some cracks, but it's not okay. like. Okay, you said we're in a desert-like landscape, or think like the Badlands. Okay, okay. Badlands-type scenario, and we've got a fun little earthquake. Oh, oh shit! Uh, I say to Corbin, you don't think this is like bones-related, do you? Oh, Slake! Don't speak about bones to me. I'm sorry. Not far in the distance, you hear a roar, a yell, and the sounds of something big putting up a vicious fight. Slake, I swear to God, if this is bones related, I'm gonna be so mad. Maybe it's not bones. Maybe it's like a, a, a sandworm or something. That would be nice. But I guess we should probably go check it out. Uh, I'll pack up. Okay. I'll, I'll sleep for like a minute. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, Corbin takes a nap while Slake packs up. And in the distance, you hear the sounds of fighting growing more intense. Yeah. I think once I packed up, I'm going to be like, okay, Corbin, should maybe uh, yeah. get up oh. about now. Where'd the camp go? Don't worry about it. Burger Jerger swoops down from above and uh, she says, hey, it's over there this way. It's like a big scary monster and someone's throwing magic or something at it. That sounds about right. Yeah. Right, let's use our magic horses. Yeah, let's use our... Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah, let's use our magic horses. I just mentioned your horses. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, all right. So you mount up and gallop on over. The way is not hard to find as bursts of magical light shine across the scrubland like a beacon for you to follow. When you draw close, you find yourself at a small hut built against the edge of the mesa, which drops away beyond the back of the cottage. From here, you can spot the source of the conflict, a 10-foot-tall, monstrous beast. It has sharp, wicked horns and a scaly head. Two arms end in heavy, crushing pincers, and two more sport deadly claws. It snarls at its opponent, a man in silvery robes who is fending it off with all of his might. It's about time. You're late. Let's go. Oh. All right. Another person who who knows us. All right. Roll that initiative, my friends. My beautiful friends. I've got an unnatural 20. All right. I got also an unnatural 20. Ooh. Who has the higher dots? Oh, mine's only two. Plus four. And I got 19. All right, Slake. Oh my God, you guys are just ready Damn. to jump into action. We're gonna have really shit attack rolls now. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Used up all your luck. Used up the luck. Yep. All right, Rupert, you are first. All right, so- Or, or rather, mysterious stranger, you are first. Rupert! So I grab the bow from my back and I arm it. I knock an arrow and this bow has what seems to be obsidian shards just all along it. And the- Silvery arrow is drawn back with a small obsidian arrow tip. And I just take aim, uh, going straight for the chest of this beast, and I release my first arrow. Uh, that was an 18. Uh, 18. Yep, that'll hit. Booyah. Looks like six points of damage. Six points of damage. Okay, it does not even flinch. Well, that's good, because I'm pulling out a second arrow. Whoa. Ooh, and that's a critical hit with a 19. Oh, hell yeah. Is that a ranger thing? You get criticals on a 19? It is a fighter, and I have improved critical as a champion. Oh, nice. And it's another eight points of damage total. Uh, This time, it flinches a bit. Uh, All right, Corbin, you are up. You are on top of this mesa still. Okay. Rupert, how close are you to the monster? Um, I'm at least 40 feet away. Oh, thank God. Okay, cool. (laughs) Then I'm going to cast 
ice storm. <gasps> it's a 20 foot radius, so a 40 foot cylinder. So Rupert's like right on the edge of it. Over the creature of just ice rock pounding the ground. It's a very sexual description. The pounding is quite sexual. The and pounding is real. It is real. It's happening. This monster is getting pounded in the ass by hard no! rocks of ice. <laughs> well, it's my favorite Chuck Tingle book. We're going to see what those vibrations give us. <laughs> you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so it needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, so it does not. Okay, that is seven bludgeoning damage and 16 cold damage. Ooh, okay, and that's, yep. Uh, this thing is hit from above by a storm of ice, which comes out of nowhere, and now it is Slake's turn. Uh, how long does the ice last, Caitlin? Until the end of your next turn. Right, okay. So this turn, it is difficult yeah, terrain. so this turn, it is difficult terrain, yes. So if you want to get up there and hit it, it will take two turns. Cool. So I think, yeah, I am going to, on my horse, get up closer okay. and shoot an arrow at the, the beast. All right. <laughs> Eight. That does not hit. And second one, only a 13. Also doesn't hit. Okay, so I, I, I miss... Two, uh, two shots at this thing, but I do want to shout at Rupert, you're expecting us! And now it's the demon's turn. <laughs> we will be in suspense as the demon reacts. Nice. And it is going to go after its only available target, which is Rupert. Wait, it's a demon? No, I, I revealed too much. Hello. So that is going to be a 23. Does that hit you, Rupert? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll yes. hit. Uh, and that's its first attack. We'll just roll all of its attacks now. Uh, the other one is going to be a 21. Yeah, that also hits. So this creature lunges forward and grabs you in its enormous pincers for a total of 16 bludgeoning damage. And then its smaller two arms come up and give you a one-two punch. <laughs> of those, you're able to block one with your arm, while the other is going to hit for eh, just five damage. Okay. When I block the smaller arms, I'm just like, get out of here, weird small arms. And I'm slapping it away. <laughs> Imagining those two tiny arms, like, it's adorable. In the air. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> it is very, very funny. endearing. It's very endearing. This demon's winning me over. Yeah, honestly, I'm falling a little bit in and love. I hate all the TikToks with, like, the tiny hands on fingers. So it's like, this is my worst nightmare. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is terrible for you. <laughs> it is now time for Rupert to get revenge on the demon. Uh, you are grappled, so, um, yeah, do a strength saving throw for me. Poor Fevor. You got it. That's a two, so that's seven total. Oh, nope. no, you are still held firmly in its enormous claws. Yeah, so I'm going to take some time and answer Slake and say, um, please, let's talk after, <laughs> as I'm being squeezed by these giant man pincers. Nice. Even though I'm grappled, can I still cast something like Shocking Grasp on it? Yeah, yeah. Since it is a touch attack. And so you just see Rupert's hands crackle with this black uh, lightning energy and grab the pincer that's holding him. Wow, and that's uh, 11. 11 to hit. Oh, that does not hit. It It does not hit. Uh, you're not able to gather the necessary magical power to deliver a uh, powerful enough shock. It just shakes it off. Checks out. All right, Corbin. Shit. Corby Borby. I'm going to do um, some classic stupid shit. Oh, I love your classic stupid shit. I know you do. I know you do. So, but it's in an attempt to look cool. 
Remind me, Catherine, if I use Wild Shape, does that take up my action for this round? I think you can do it as a bonus action. That's what I'm going to rule this time, and it may not be consistent with previous rulings. Cool. Okay, so (laughs) I'm going to turn into a a crow Mm. and fly over to the creature, to the monster. Okay. Um, And I'm going to... Basically, what what I want to ultimately do is pry this bad boy open like a crab. But I recognize that if I just straddle it with my thighs, I, as much as I want to have <laughs> the ability to crack open the crab claw with my thighs alone, I do not have the strength. I, now, if I turn into an octopus, could I crawl inside of the crab shell? Oh my God. <laughs> that uh, I, I don't know about, but if you want to turn into an octopus and drop down on this thing's face, I will let you roll to hit on that. Okay. All right, let's do it. I, I turn think, into an octopus. I think that if you do it, you will obstruct its vision and it will have disadvantage on its roll. So you start as a crow. And I will fly over to the monster. And then I will land on its face and I will turn into an octopus with my eight limbs spread wide across it. My attack roll will be to pee ink onto its face. <laughs> okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. Cat, that is over 20. Okay. All right. You hit it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Slake, like, watches this happen and, like, is having trouble processing, like, what they've seen. <laughs> All right. Um, so you hit it in the face with your ink and uh, cover its eyes with your gelatinous body. Uh, and it is blinded and it will be rolling at disadvantage until it clears that blinding effect. Uh, so that's the end of Corbin's turn. Slake, there is an octopus on its face and a man in its hands. That's the dream, ain't it? The American <laughs> that dream. That is just the dream. So I witnessed this, I guess. And Witness me. <laughs> um, um, I will action surge so that I may jump off my horse and, and run over to this creature. And I'm going to, yeah, attack the creature, you know, at ground level with my picks. All right, roll a hit. 18 to hit. That'll hit. 15 for my first attack. Okay. Uh, second time, I've got only 12 to hit. Uh, that does not hit, no. And now it's your boy's turn. He's still got two pincers around Rupert, and he, he transfers you to just hold you with one pincer. So he's got three free for attacking. And first we're going to roll and try and pry Corbin off. So I will just roll against your spell save there. That is going to be a 17. Meets it, beats it, cat. All right. Uh, he is able to fling you from his eyes. Hold on and- a moment. Can we just take a moment to imagine the shock that this creature must be experiencing? <laughs> <laughs> it thinks it's just fighting one dude. And then all of a sudden it gets pummeled by ice. And then an octopus like grapples its whole face. <laughs> Like, literally drops from the air. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Oh, man, oh, man. Okay. Uh, It is going to try and attack Slake twice here. And we'll say it used one of its attacks to fling Corbin away. Uh, So it's got two more attacks against Slake. So that is going to be 27. That'll hit. The other one is an 18. 18 will not hit. 18 won't hit anymore. Okay. Uh, then you are just hit once, Slake, and it is going to be 18 damage. And uh, the demon roars in rage and just shakes you, Rupert. Uh, it doesn't do any damage, but it does give you a shake. And now it's your turn. Could I attempt to acrobatics instead out of the grasp? Kind of just give it the slip? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's give that a shot. 
Oh, that's much better. 18 plus 8, that is 26. All right. You are able to give it a slip as it is shaking you around, and uh, you you tumble down to the ground. Um, Okay, so I then land, and I pull up my left sleeve, and there it looks like strange... Uh, semicircle on both the top and bottom of my forearm. And there seem to be like tattoos making a, making just some kind of art piece out of those markings. And I tap it and I conjure a spirit shroud. All right, Corbin, you are up now. I've been flung from this creature. Do I <laughs> land? Is there fall damage? Please explain what's happened to my octopus body. Uh, you splat on the ground. <laughs> There's no fall damage because octopuses are very resilient. Oh, so I retain all three of my octopus hit points. Yeah, you do. So nobody's grappled within this creature anymore. Nobody is currently grappled. Jesus. Okay. I don't think there's much good I can do anymore as an octopus. Especially not on the floor of this desert. No. Not from the floor of the yeah desert. So I uh, I do turn back into a boy. And now... Uh, at the feet of this great beast, I'm going to cast Moonbeam. Okay. Um, it needs to make a constitution saving throw. Okie dokie. So that is going to be uh, 21. Yes, Catherine. That beats it. But it still takes half damage. So 12 radiant damage. Okay. Slake, you are up. Uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to keep keep going the old, the old pick route. First one over 20 to hit that'll hit 14 damage nice all right cool does not enjoy that i should i should hope not and second attack 20 but not natural that'll also hit all right sweet so that is 20 damage (laughs) it is gonna cast fly on itself and it is gonna take the fuck off does it even have wings no no it casts a magic spell it casts fly on its health and it just takes a fucking vertical leap into the air and it hovers above you. This is because I turned into an octopus. Cat's getting revenge. Yeah, you're right. How high above us is it hovering? It's hovering 40 feet above you now. It just used all of its movement to go straight up. Rupert's jaw is just like on the ground watching this thing rise above and I am going to kind of like tuck and roll backwards just to get some distance from it and I then arm up my hands with the black lightning energy (laughs) two iPhones appear in my hands I'm calling the police (laughs) (laughs) now that's how you fight a demon (laughs) power word Karen okay and I'm gonna shoot uh, some eldritch blasts at this thing alright no that's only a 14 oh does not hit no it deftly dodges your eldritch blasts in the sky like a fucking sky dancer. Ah, <laughs> Rupert just screams into the air. Cat, so I know you said it's sky dancing. Has it returned to its original position or is it? Oh, oh no, no, it's still 40 feet up. It's a fucking about. sky okay. dancer now. You can't get it to come down. I'm going to cast a different spell. The moonbeam tragically disappears. It wasn't doing what I wanted for me. So I'm going to conjure some some animals. In this, in this realm. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I think I am going to summon two giant eagles. Hell yeah. Okay. I need them. I need creatures that can fly uh, for obvious mm. reasons. Because uh, <laughs> we have a sky dancer over there. Sky so they, um, they, they come down out of the clouds. Both attack sky dancer. Uh, they both have multi-attacks. First one is a 20, non-natural. That'll hit. Uh, second one is a 19. Uh, that also hits. 21 or something. Oh, that'll hit. 
And the last one is 17. That will also hit. They all hit. Oh, wow. Fuck. Yeah. Evil. Okay, fuck then. Up the yeah, sky fuck me. <laughs> that, as I've done the math in seconds in my head, is 41 damage. All right. Uh, so your eagles attack the sky dancer and rip into it as it is overtaken by these eagles. Uh, so it will swoop down and attack with its free pincer on, uh, uh, we'll say Slake. Oh, I'm gonna die. I, I forgot to take the, um, you know. Oh, um, your, uh, your, uh, your second wind? Yes. Can I see it? This isn't like a feature of mine, but can I see it going for Slake and step in front of Aww. the hit? Oh, jeez. Aw, Rupert. If you want to. I would like to. Yes, I'm going to step in front of Slake. Oh, golly. And uh, you are going to take this hit, and it is going to be 11 damage. All right. As I take the damage, and I'm just saying, get behind me, I then, if you'll allow it, use the rest of my reaction to cast Hellish Rebuke. That seems cool. Rule of cool. So, yeah. So the pincer grabs around me instead of, uh, instead of Slake. And I just summon this anger within me. My black eyes just kind of like burn with like this red energy and uh, it needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, oh, it hella does not. That That is a six. It's going to take 18 points of burning damage as flames just erupt around its body. And I'm just screaming as it's like wrenching me in its arms and uh, these flames like go up around it. Jesus Christ. And your flames consume it entirely. No, I'm still in there. Am I good? (laughs) Corbin, uh, you are dropped to the ground as it collapses to the earth. And it looks up at you, Rupert, and gives one last rattling gasp. You disguise yourself so clever, but I see you deceiver. I will find you in the blackness and eat your heart. And it bursts apart with a wretched gurgle. And all that is left is a black ichor, which stains the ground beneath where it was. I bet you didn't expect to hear me here. It's me, Noelle, from the podcast. Um, And I've only just now realized that it's weird for me to suddenly be here. But I did help edit this episode, and I'm the one who's posting it, and usually that person does the mid-roll. So here I am. Hello. Um, I hope you all are just feeling... Um, fresh and fancy free and like flirty and like that you're just like out there like eating food not out there in your house and it's I hope it's like so good and it's like cheese fondue unless you're lactose intolerant you can have oil fondue I hope everybody's having fondue (laughs) so I'm just here to uh, thank our beautiful Apple Podcast reviewers. And that goes out to uh, MT Ike, App Reviewer 12345, and also Son and Flower from Germany. Oh, so nice. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much. 
It really helps us. Um, that metadata of that we're getting a lot of ratings or that we're not getting a lot of ratings really affects how many new people are coming in. Um, so if you would like to help out the podcast, it is really, really a wonderful way to do it, to hop on Apple Podcasts and tab up some little reviews. I also, of course, would like to thank our lovely patrons. Um, we just did our live stream for February, which was very funny. And we're going to be sending out, I think, our next round of $10 a month prints pretty soon. And we're just generally over there uh, vibing and having a great time. So if you're interested in supporting our podcast monetarily, it is a very good option. Although, if you missed out on the hats that we sent out to our $10 patrons in December, we are now selling those on our store. Damesanddragons.store. You can see me um, posing with the head of an old woman, so make sure and go check it out. <laughs> anyway, to our beautiful patrons for whom our hearts beat and our brains um function thank you so much to gl3 danny sam brian natalie shay robbie otrops sarah mix 80 ellis milk wade mcdominoil games and jules thank you guys so much truly our patreon is is the thing that keeps us going and um we may have come a long way from frantically thanking our very first patron, Brandon, Brandon the Mandon, back in, I don't know, when was that, Arc 2? But still, like, the fact that anyone is, is willing to support us on a monthly basis and, um, you know, set up recurring <laughs> payments is, is really kind of overwhelming, and it's so wonderful, and we appreciate you guys so, 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 so much. Um, and yeah, if you if you would like to be one of those people and get a shout out, you can go to patreon.com slash dragons. And now for a beautiful show from our network, Geekspective. Hey, Amber. Hey, Kenny. I've got a question for you. Okay. If you were going to come up with a new color of magic, what color would it be and what would the symbol be? Mustard and a vape. Ooh, nice. Good answer. One of many that you can hear if you listen to Red Mage, Blue Mage, our Magic the Gathering podcast that you can find on the Geekspective Network. Yeah, we talk all sorts of fun stuff, like we design cards, and we make up cards that represent us, and we talk about us. And we actually play against each other. So if you like watching YouTube videos and Twitch streams of people playing Magic, and you can't get enough, and you're on your commute, you can just listen to us play Magic. It's fun. Uh, so you can find that on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts now, and other major platforms. And also, we have it up on YouTube as well. That's true. And you can tweet at us. We're at RedBlueMTG. We hope to see you there. Wink. Uh-huh. Check it out. We also have a an ad from our store today. This message comes from Nico. Hey, Youngblood, I have been bamboozled, beguiled, and befond, for I was expecting Natasha Negovanless. What a surprise to hear from the dames instead. I bet you weren't expecting a response, huh, nerd? Anyway, wishing you a belated happy holidays and day of birth. Sorry for the delay, but as you know, I am small and have no money, so you can imagine the kind of stress I'm under. Thanks for being the best friend of indeterminate gender to this ambiguous cryptid. 
You are also a wonderful person, and I shall continue to scream it from the mountaintops. Love you five ever, Nico. So sweet. So sweet. Yeah, if you want to get an ad, you can always hop on over to the store for that, too. Oh, also, we restocked our mugs. So there's just a lot happening. James and Dragon's store, it's all going down. Last of all, a message to Chantel. Chantel, this damned pandemic Chantel. Chantel, if only we could be together, Chantel. Chantel, I think of you every morning and every night. Chantel. Chantel. Chantel, the code word is your majesty. The sleeper agent is active. Go. Um, I just kind of like turn a little bit and, uh, okay, that was a bit harder than I anticipated. And I reach within my robes and I take out a small kind of like silver flat box and it pops open and I take out a long purplish elven weed cigarette and light it and like pop it back in my pocket and say, uh, all right now, come with me. And I, I'm just like smoking it as I go over and grab my pack that was on the ground nearby. Did you say Elvin Weed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, we are a dare podcast. Dare to not use Elvin Weed. Grass is for mowing. I was going to say, is this actually not allowed? <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> Rupert takes his first drag and reaches down and grabs his pack that was dropped as the battle began, and he starts heading toward the, the cabin. He says, Come along. Corbin looks at Slake. Slake pulls out their notebook and and starts to follow along. And I say to Rupert, uh, okay, so I've got like a few questions. These are just bad lands, bad, bad, naughty lands. Walk and talk, please. Is that fog juice? Oh, you mean this? You want to drag? Yes. It's kind of a rough battle, I suppose. Uh, as you say that, a black bird swoops from the sky and plucks a cigarette from your hands. And as she flies away, she yells, Don't you dare! Burger Jerger! As, uh, as Burger Jerger, she lands on one of the scrubby trees ahead of you. And Corbin, she, you just see her swallow the cigarette hole. <laughs> you just ate it! Rupert just says, uh, very rude. <sighs> well, I'm a librarian. Okay. That makes perfect sense, yeah. Yeah, my, totally. the name's Rupert, by the way. Uh, what does Rupert look like? Uh, he has long, dark hair with several braids just throughout it and kind of like pulled back in a little top knot at the top. And he has like wingtip makeup on his black eyes and he has pale skin and um, is just, I, I think goth librarian was the best way to uh, describe this dude. So he's got like the armor underneath, but he's got these big wispy robes that are very like academic, I suppose. Goth librarian. Oh, my peak aesthetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. It's a good look. And, and as an out of game librarian, yes, also my peak aesthetic. Mm. What I go for every day. <laughs> Valid. Valid. Okay, but how... How did you know that we were coming? Like, and this creature, you said these are bad lands. Uh, You're wanting questions uh, of which I can really answer better back at the cottage. Like, let's, that was a tough battle. I thank you all for your assistance. Um, I obviously could not have done it on my own. 
Now let's go have some tea or something. Let's like go. Uh, let's relax. You y'all are coming in real hot. I don't know any other way to come in. <laughs> I mean, this is extremely suspicious. Uh, but you did save me. So, okay, but we're gonna have our guard up. Yes, yes, come along. And he's already walking past you too, toward in the distance that little cottage that was there set in the wilderness. Uh, yeah. So you guys head back up to the cottage. There is like a little, like a rope ladder on the side of the mesa that you can use to get back up there. Uh, And inside it is warm and cozy with stacks of books precariously balanced on every available surface. Herbs hang from the rafters along with a mobile of sticks and crystals, which turn slowly to trace paths of light across the floor and walls. A fire lay low in the hearth, which is carved in the shape of a cheerful, fat face with a wide open mouth, where the fire sits, crackling happily. There is a woven rug spread across the floor and the edge of a black stain peeking out from underneath it. Corbin immediately walks over to the rug and flips it over. It's just a black stain on the floor. He points at the stain. (laughs) Oh, oh gosh. Nyx... Were you a bad girl again? And from like out of nothing, like near the fire, you see a small German shepherd, like all black dog with white kind of uh, smoky eyes, just like step out into existence and just like uh, act as if it wasn't her. Like just kind of like. Well, I'm endeared by the dog. Corbin says nothing and covers the stain back up. (laughs) Thank you. Please do cover her shame. <laughs> that is Nyx, by the way. I'd like to roll the animal handle, Nyx. I knew it. Yeah, go for it. Okay, okay. There was a dog. I knew you were going to animal handle it. It was uh, truly just a matter of time. Um, That is 21. I think I think that's enough to befriend this dog. Okay. Now, here's the real question, though. Can I just turn into a German Shepherd? Because I could already. Or can I now turn into a ethereal ghost German Shepherd? I mean, I think you turn into, like, a Corbin German Shepherd every time, don't German? you? A Corbin. German? Sh- a Corbin. A Corbin. A Corbin Shepherd. You said a Corbin German Shepherd. It's on record. Right. Classic dog breed. Now, uh, as for tea, do you all want Volish uh, breakfast or some green tea? Like, what's your what's your poison? Uh, <laughs> why don't we just, you know, why don't we just talk a little first? Corbin looks at Rupert with a challenging eye and says, Crow tea, please. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> and um, Rupert goes over to a compost pile. <laughs> like, just a little bin with obviously rotting food and some dirt and leaves and foliage oh, yeah. and a few bugs and grabs just a small smidgen and puts it in a little uh, in a little tea ball and hangs it on the side of the cup as he warms up uh, some mm-hmm. tea. And for you, Slyke. Ah... <sighs> guess i'll have green Ooh, a bit trickier but uh i can i can deliver and so yeah he makes up some tea a few minutes go by and he makes himself a mug of green tea as well uh, and uh says uh please uh do take a seat it's just just on the sofa there yeah let's uh let's take a little rest that was a lot right <laughs> it's like gingerly takes a seat on the sofa yeah corbin corbin sips at his tea um, and it's delicious. It's amazing. But he um, does his best to school his expression so that you cannot tell whether or not he approves or disapproves and then sets it down on the table. 
Can I roll an insight check just to like? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. Oh, oh, I hope he likes it. Rupert thinks to himself. <laughs> you have you have no idea. You don't know. Okay, so you had some questions then. Uh, which one, the demon or the Badlands? What, what do you want to stop? Oh, well, uh, there's also your powers. Uh, you weren't blessed by a god, were you? <laughs> no, like I said, I'm a librarian. You learn a lot of things as a librarian. See the books? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> And, like, as he says that, like, a stack of books just fall over in the background. <laughs> Nyx, ah, come on. You get many, you get many patrons out here at this library, Mr. Librarian in the Badlands. Oh, yeah. Well, used to. Long, long ago. <sighs> Back in my pottying days. Ah, oh, how those were fun. Just to dance and sing and... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, got lost there in memory. <laughs> No, not many visitors now. Partying days, like you do at the library. Yeah, like your bird mom took away from me. Oh, she's not in here, is she? (laughs) Like I frantically search around for Burger Jerker. She's like at the window, staring in. (laughs) He slowly closes the silver (laughs) container and just like puts it back in his pocket without getting one out. I'll just sip my tea then. Yes, well, look, this is a, uh, as they say, a thin place, the Badlands. Um, a, a place where the unnatural can slip in at any moment, which makes it good for certain things, but very bad for other things, as you can see, uh, uh what we just fought and defeated <laughs> very easily, of course. And he takes a sip of his tea, kind of looking away. Oh, okay. So, the stuff you know about us, though. How? Look, you two are just... I can see. You've lost someone. Maybe someones. Okay, I didn't come here for a psychic reading. Uh, No, 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 I'm not... I'm not analyzing or anything. I'm just saying it's written on your face. Grief weighs heavily upon... upon the body. Is this like a cult thing? Is everybody part of a cult? I'm only 17. <laughs> if this is a cult, it is a cult of two. Just Nix and I here out in the wilderness. Uh, I was thinking of some other people, actually. But... Oh, shit, Slick. Oh, my God. You're on the ball. Holy. Other people? Well, you know, it's funny. We just keep... Are the library patrons or what? Yes, <laughs> the library We keep cult. meeting people who seem to know things about us inexplicably. And... Oh, you're talking about Goodreads. <laughs> <laughs> the first time, you know, we were kind of like, oh, neat, uh, you know, just make, make it a new friendo. But I feel like it's happened like seven or eight times or something by now. It is weird. It's almost like these random people are chosen by some kind of force to fall into our lives <laughs> and are pre, pre, previously coached on what to say and do. It's like some kind of sick game. <laughs> well, that sounds weird. Rupert just kind of takes another sip of tea and thinks, hmm, that does sound harrowing. But I mean, you must have had a little bit of fun along the way, you know, melting cities and climbing towers, all that kind of stuff. Very, very fun. You see, this is the exact kind of thing I'm talking about. How do you know that? Did we melt a city? Did we melt a city? Oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking of things that adventurers do. Melt cities? Uh, you did thaw out that city. In- oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. All right, all right, all right. 
I was thinking like really, I was thinking some Pompeii bullshit. <sighs> so uh, you like the tea then? It's all right. It's it's very good. <laughs> you roll a deception, Corbin. <laughs> yeah, you roll deception, Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I didn't do good. I did bad. You're going to make Rupert cry. That's a six. So you can probably tell that I do like it. Yes. Rupert is satisfied. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, um, look, uh, that, was a, that was a tough battle out there. You all are welcome to spend the night. Um, and in the morning, perhaps we can, um, I don't know, visit some locations around here. I mean, what brought you here? Maybe I have some questions for you. <laughs> What? Table's on the other foot now, huh? I'll answer a question, bitch. What you want to ask? All right. What brought you out to these uh, these thinly veiled, strange wastelands? Uh, Corbin, there is a smack against the window and Burger Jerger yells, Don't curse! <laughs> Burger Jerger, I've changed! You'll always be my baby! I close the blinds. I get up and I close the blinds in the window. <laughs> oh, finally. And it takes out another Elven weed cigarette and lights up. <laughs> Corbin holds out his hand. He's going to get high tonight if it's the last thing he fucking does. I tell you what. Hey, there we go. Revisiting some of my some of my partying days. All right. Cat, he sm- he smokes that weed all the way up. What do I need to do anything? I mean, I guess uh make a constitution save. That's a 10. You start coughing so bad. You you almost throw up. I cough real bad. I cough a lot. This is not the hookah that he's used to for Mestra. This is some some straight smoke weed. This is the real deal out yeah. here in the wastelands. Mm. So these things that you've been fighting in the Badlands, do they show up often? Uh no, not very often. I believe um I believe though now you all are the ones dodging questions. I uh I believe I asked what brought you all out here. I've made some guesses on my part, but uh, I want to know. Well, we're looking for someone, yeah. Okay, someone. Our friend. Is is this perhaps someone you have lost recently? No, no, we've not lost them. We're just looking for somebody we already know where they are. <laughs> and where, mayhaps, might they be that you would come out to such, such strange wilderness? You said this was a thin place? Mm-hmm. Thin, as in... When you say, like, you know, thin, like worlds, thin, which worlds are we talking about here? Like, like thin, listen, like you could, like the void. Ah, mind if I have that cigarette back? Bit? No, this is mine! All right, all right, I've got plenty more. I elbow Corbin and I say, Corbin, we need to keep our wits about us. Yeah, well, I'm witty. I'm witty as hell. All right, well, there we have it. Yes, in searching for the void. Hmm. That has been, and he rises from his chair and begins to go about all the shelves and all the different books that he has, and he's kind of tracing his hand along the spines and saying, that has been a lifelong endeavor for myself. You see, and he puts up like a little picture frame, and inside's like a little painting of two elves that look very similar. These are, these are people I'm looking for. And he brings it over. He says, you see, when my, when my mother, well, when she left, <laughs> uh, my father swore to, to find her, bring her out of the void, back to this world, Avalis. And 
My father then took it upon himself to gather every book that he could find that would give him some kind of glimmer of knowledge of how to bring someone back from the void. Well, that took his lifetime, and now he's passed it on to me. And Rupert kind of rubs his left arm a little bit, and uh, now it seems maybe I can help you all? Uh, when you say she went to the void, do you mean like the normal way, or... Like, did she die, or did she crawl into Dashing Dawson's bag? Oh my, no, she was not dumb enough to do something like that. (laughs) Okay, well... (laughs) No, just the normal way. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's not something my father was certain of. You see, he just... As he learned more, he just thought maybe perhaps she would be trapped, and, um... What, uh... Do you all know much about the Void, then? You've been there, right, Corbin? Oh, yeah. Oh, I've been... Oh, man, oh, man, have I spent some time in the Void. Um, you can't breathe in there. There's, like, no air. That's correct. Um, unless... If you have, like, a hamster ball, you could kind of work your way through it. But, yeah, basically, if you can only live there if you're, like, a god or a demigod, and there's some... Some lights, some little lights that that are fun. Those are nice. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, oh, also, there's a Porthos. Porthos lives there, and he will try to eat you. He is very large. I don't like him. I like Dawson less. Wow. It's just a bad, it's a not a good place. No, not not a good place at all. And uh, yes, you, you, you hit on many good points. I... Well, it's, it seems you might be able to help with your first-hand experience, and um, let me maybe find one of the books about here. Give me just one minute to find it. Yes, to the bookshelf. Because I have ADD, um, can you explain? Can you describe the creature that we're fighting to me? Uh, this is this is oh, what it looks like. it's cute. Oh, he's cute. No cat. This is why I never show you guys pictures of the monster because you you always say that they're yeah. cute and then you don't wanna. It's not that size. It's not that little. <laughs> that would be really yeah, cute. but like even but so, it does look like a Pokemon, and it's got little tiny arms underneath the big claw arms. Yeah. It's very cute. <laughs> it's a cutie. <sighs> okay, well...